Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful, but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you, the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, my featured guest is Sean Castrina. You can find him at seancastrina.com. He is a best-selling author, speaker, and entrepreneur. Now, Sean lost his dream job 25 years ago and decided he would never be dependent on an employer for his financial security again. He became a millionaire at age 36 by becoming a serial entrepreneur, starting more than 20 companies and currently running nine companies. Now, Sean devotes his time to equipping entrepreneurs for success, hosting the 10-Minute Entrepreneur Podcast, which has climbed its way into Apple's top 10 of all business podcasts. Sean has authored bestsellers like The Greatest Entrepreneur in the World and Eight Unbreakable Rules for Business Startup Success. His newest book, The World's Greatest Business Plan, helps people by providing a simple step-by-step plan for those who cannot afford to fail. Startup Nation, is that you? Can you not afford to fail? Is everything on the line? Are you providing for your family right now? Are you a dad who's the provider? Are you a mom who's the provider? Do you have kids at home and you just can't afford to fail? Sean's going to walk us through what creates success in a business. He has so much experience in this area specifically. And we're going to talk about the first 100K, right? That's what we talk about a lot on this show. And maybe for you, maybe you're past the first 100K as you're listening and you're going for your first million. That's okay. A lot of the tips and strategies Sean's going to share with you, I suspect are universal tips. They can be applied at different levels of your company. So Sean Castrina, welcome to your first 100K, top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Uh, you, you pretty much, you hit me with a big blanket. So it's it, it's uh, as advertised. So no, it's all, all sounds good. Fire away. Ask me questions. How can I help your audience? I'm ready. You got it, brother. So take a minute, share something personal yeah. about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Um, and I'm pretty open book. Most people would probably say that, but, um, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm tenacious in that. I, I think that we, I don't think entrepreneurship, I think entrepreneurship is for less people than we want to admit. Mm. So I'll start the podcast off with that. I was doing an interview yesterday with a guy on my podcast and he was just like, you know, this isn't for everybody. I mean, you have a better chance. You think about this statistic. This will jar your audience. You have a better chance of, if you were a doctoral student and you were going for your doctorates, you have a better chance of getting a doctorate's degree than you have of being a successful entrepreneur 10 years down the road, 90% fail. So I think, you know, people getting into it, one thing that you got to think about it's, you know, we think it's easy because you see Instagram and all this, you know, somebody had a drop shipping, 
you know, business that lasted for three months or made a little bit of money. There's a big difference between short success. You know, you had, you had, what I say, you had a project that worked and having a business, a business to me, other people get employed by it. You're not the only one making money. You know, in other words, you're, you're trying to grow it into something. It's not a solopreneur. Making step, you can start that way, but I mean, a business, I, I view businesses, you know, a little, little bit to the next level. Okay, got it. So right out the gate, Startup Nation, Sean is disrupting your thinking. You may find yourself in a project that you call a business. And sometimes there's a little soul searching there that needs to be done. Are you wired for it? Are you wired with tenacity? Or are you someone that gives up when you get hit with enough challenges? Like these are real questions. I, I mean, I've been through a few businesses myself. And the one thing I had going, I think, is I, there was something inside of me that always made me get back up and try again. I always got back up. I didn't know where that came from, but it was just a wiring. Call it my upbringing. Sean, where did your drive come from? Did you even know you had that tenacity? Like when you lost your dream job and you're like, that's it. I'm going to apply this tenacity, my I mean, superpower I, into a business. I was a division I, one wrestler. So I'm wired. <laughs> I am wired for determination. I mean, I, there's no timeouts in a wrestling match. No, there is. There's no timeout. Nobody else can help you. And when, when the whistle goes, it's, it's get, it's on time. <laughs> you know, you, it's, it's seek, destroy, never give up. So I do think you have to have that in entrepreneurship. You know, what I tell people sometimes is you can be tenacious, but you're, you're running full speed, all excited in the wrong direction. So I want to preface it with that. There's some ideas that were bad from conception. Yes. And so, you know, no matter how excited you are, you're the right person, you have the right mindset, you have all that stuff going for you. But if we picked apart the, the fundamentals of the business, they'd be flawed. Got it. So you started 20 companies, you still run nine of them. Were they all successful? Oh, no, no, because I've started more than, got nine, started 20 there. Let's start doing the math. No, I've sold off a few, but no, there's been some colossal, colossal failures. But I looked at what it would cost to get an MBA where I would never learn anything that I think would help me at this level. And all my losses don't equal a, um, an Ivy League MBA. Mm. So that one day I was getting ready to lose 50 grand on a business that I started. And I, I knew that this was it. I had a line. I knew if 50 K I knew exactly what it was going to cost. And not that I had 50 K or wanted to lose 50 K, but I, I realized it was going to cost 50 K to get out of this. So I had to find a figure out a way to look at this. So I went and looked at our local university, which is very reputable as an incredible business department. And I looked at what it would cost to get an MBA. And I said, I made out like a bandit. And that's how I reframed it. Cause I started writing everything I learned from this lesson that they would never teach you in an MBA. Because most professors in an MBA, MBA have doctorate's degrees. Tell me a business person that has a doctorate's degree. I mean, it's just unapplicable. You know, it's, it's, it's head knowledge. It's, it's running everything linear. Nothing in business, not, business is never linear. I've got two texts in the last 24 hours. One from one of my business partners that was having an absolute meltdown. And the second one from my number one employee saying he just got an offer that he can't afford to refuse. I got that text like two hours ago. So you can't plan for that. There's no, you don't, there, there's no... There's no textbook yeah. that tells you how you handle those situations because your business it depends what situation your business is in. Mm. So, you know, you only learn this stuff by experiencing it, you know. Mm. What was That's one why. of the biggest things you took away from those those failures or even that one example yeah. used yeah. the $50,000 loss? What, what was the biggest takeaway or education um, that you could share with the uh, startup nation right now? 
the older I get, the less I know. So the younger, I thought I, I thought I could make any business work. I mean, I thought I was the magic potion. You know, I used to joke, just add water. Like I was good enough at marketing and doing the other things. And I realized that there's just certain businesses that don't fit my, what I like, what I understand. And so what you end up having is a lane. And you watch it in Shark Tank. Typically, they all have a lane that they're most comfortable with. O'Leary likes, you know, he likes uh, which licensing agreements and loans. You know, Mark likes tech. Robert Hershevich, like they like tech. Lori likes anything that's product related. You know, so they all, Draymond likes clothing, branding yep, and things. Yep, retail. Know, they, yeah, yeah, retail. He, they all have a lane. And even when they get out of it, they'll typically reach over and say, you want to partner with me on this one? Yep. So I, I think what I learned is I have a lane and I stay in that lane. And I look for opportunities that have synergy within the lane that I understand where I've made money in the past. And, and so that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned. Excellent. Now, what advice would you give to Startup Nation as they're listening right now? They don't know what their lane is per se. Um, and how do they avoid spending 10 years and 10 failed businesses to find their lane? Yeah. I think one of the first things is you have to start with a good idea. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not, you know, everybody wants to have a billion dollar. Everybody thinks it's the next Uber. It's next. No, you, you, this is your standard of an idea. Let me just start you off with this. You want a profitable idea. That's it. That, there's your idea. It's not, it's not, you know, the world changing idea. I've yet to have one of those, but I've had quite a few very profitable seven figure ideas. Um, and, and they can provide an, an, an amazing life. Trust me. So I think the one is you got to find a good idea. A good idea, you know, solves a problem meets a need, satisfies a want, or entertains, gets eyeballs on it. I mean, they're the four critical. If you look at almost any business, that's about the 80% of all of them. They, they solve a problem. If you listen on the radio, it's I had back pain. I had joint pain. I couldn't sleep at night. Okay. I had a timeshare I couldn't get out of. I had, I owed the IRS money. I mean, if you look, they're typically whatever, even Tommy John underwear, my underwear didn't do what it was supposed to do or what I, you know, whatever, solve a problem, or then you meet a need. I mean, Grubhub met a need, okay? We basically turned every restaurant into a delivery restaurant. Some solve a want. That's like a Sandals Vacation, a BMW, a Rolex watch. It's that next tier. It's a want. And then the next is entertain, NFL, entertain, bat, you, know, um, you know, Instagram and all these other things. They, they entertain, you know what I mean? They grab eyeballs. Anything that grabs eyeballs has potential of being a business because you can always monetize that with, with the advertising space. So awesome. you start with those, they're the four fundamentals. And then you look for, now that you have your fundamentals, then you look for, okay, is there a big market for it? Bigger the market, the more the money. I mean, you know, there's a massive, you know, if you're using, let's just say we took Tommy John underwear for a second, most people wear underwear. Okay. So what did they do? They just niched it amazingly. If you think about it prior to Tommy John, people typically bought underwear in a pack, three packs, you know what I mean? And if it had a couple colors, that was it. Okay. And you paid, you know, between six and ten dollars, you know, whether you had Fruit of the Loom or Hanes, you know what I mean? And maybe you got jockey. Now you got Tommy John selling underwear for $32 a pair. They took a need, carved it into a want, a higher level, and you know, and, and it ends up being a great business. So you can look at almost any business like that. So you look at you create a big market underwear, again, 99%. They had a huge market, they just niched it into a way, but they knew they had a massive market right away. Uh, big margins, massive margins on clothing. What was one of the best or the best profitable idea that you've had? Yeah. Um, and which of the four did you yeah. address? I always follow these four. Typically okay. solve a problem. Um, 
so my first seven figure business, and this is, shows you another rule is that you don't have to know your industry. This is one of the big things. People feel like they got to find this. I've never had a business in an industry I understood that I was in. I always, and this is critical. I partner in all my businesses. Okay. I'm one plus one equals done. That is what I do really, really well. Me plus one other industry leader who's maybe not entrepreneurial, but a day-to-day grinder is, is a recipe for super success. So I, I, I had a direct mail company and I was live here in Charlottesville, Virginia, an incredible city. Um, and I had it in 23 cities and we just had it my wife was pregnant. And we were going to, I wanted to convert my dining room into an office. This is, I'm going to just show you how a simple idea turns into like $10 million because never saw this coming. So I had a good business, direct mail business, 23 cities, went to more homes and Sunday Washington Post in our, in our geographical area. That was one of my pitches to people, but I needed a home office. I tried to get someone to build this home office, like just do some mild renovation. Like I was looking for a handyman. It was like trying to find a one-eyed leprechaun. Mm-hmm. They either never showed up for the estimate. The prices changed when they were supposed to come out and do the work. They never came out and do it. Unbelievable. It was just like, I, and I, so I lived in a very nice neighborhood, 940 high-end houses. I mean, we had a local golf pro. We had two swimming pools. We had restaurant at the swimming pools. This is a nice neighborhood. You would think somebody would know somebody. Nobody knew anybody. Boom. There's my aha moment. So I started Advantage Handyman Services, A, because it was first in the phone book. Within three years, we were doing over a million dollars. I set it up to pay for a, ma- a golf membership. My wife said that if I, whatever it made, basically she didn't care. And I put it towards this very expensive golf membership. Uh, the fifth week, we had 54 phone calls. And that's when I knew I had to partner. So that's what started my partnering. So I got it going and I'm like, oh, I can make the phone ring and there's margins here and all that. But I, I need to partner with somebody because I don't know construction. To this day, I could put together a three-piece birdhouse. Well, that, that company has morphed into eight companies, does millions and millions of dollars and and that just showed, it was just, a, you know, I just kind of like had that aha moment. Like, why can't I hire a handyman? I started looking through the phone book and I started looking at how bad their marketing was. And I'm like, okay, there's a need. I know marketing. Okay, that is what I do understand really well. And I've rinsed and repeated that basic formula, building eight high-end service companies under one holding company. And now I own a digital marketing company as well, kind of morphing off into what the future is. And we're up you know, 40, per, I had a meeting with the partner yesterday. I talked about that text and I was asking him what the problem was. And he's kind of giving me the problem. I said, these are money problems. I said, well, he's talking about personal stuff. I said, they're, they're not problems. They're inconveniences. He goes, well, what do you mean? I said, because we're making a lot of money and all those problems can be solved. And he was so new to entrepreneurship. I said, think if you were an employee today, because he, I, I told him whenever we started a meeting, I always said, give me three positives before you drop a turd on my front porch. So I always tell, okay, give me three positives. He said, if we did not take on another client this year, we'd be up 40% over last year. Mm. I said, then anything coming out of your mouth is going to be hard to make me sad. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So my point is my businesses have evolved. Even the digital marketing, it's a service company. Provide services to people, you know, and there's a margin there between point A and point B. But my first business was not, there's nothing sexy. Tell people you started a handyman company. I remember people would always ask, and I would always just say, I own some home service companies. Because I wouldn't even want to tell people. Now I don't really care because we buy Super Bowl ads. I've had a Super Bowl ad for the last four years and we sponsor the big city golf tournaments. And now we're a brand within any, anything to do with home services. It's high end. They know to call our company. So, but it started out because I needed a handyman. I did not see it coming, but it, it solved a need. Mass market. Anybody owns a house. Very nice margins. 
um, easy to market, easy to attract customers, got homeowners. Now, what made it stand out specifically? Because there was a lot of other choices of handymans there, right? Now, was it just simply they don't get back to you and, and they misquote and all that? And you just kind of like erased all those negatives and just created a, a service that didn't do all those pain. Th- Basically, I addressed all their pain points. This is kind of how we did it. Our first TV commercial. Well, number one, the first thing we did is we marketed like a billion dollar company. So how do you mean right that? out of the gate, we did TV advertising. I got my, I, we did a, a beta test with one of my neighbors. I sent one of the handyman to, to work at her house. And I had her do a TV testimony from right off the gate, right out of the gate. So, you know, how many handymen are doing TV commercials? But I understood how to market. I knew that I had just pictured this commercial as, you know, attractive, you know, 30 year old mom kind of walks out with her baby out into the driveway to welcome the handyman. And he kind of looks a little bit like Santa Claus with a little bit of a white beard guy, probably about 55 years old, but fit. And, you know, and he's got a bounce in his step and she's showing him her little things in her house and, and it was it. And I said, I'll never send anybody to your house that I wouldn't send to my own. Our tagline was the leader in home repairs and projects. Um, you know, free estimates. We'll get back to, you know, and so we just had it. When you called, you actually spoke with someone. I didn't hire like, a, a, you know, I didn't do, you know, voicemail and or recording or, you know, where you get right. the off, you know, the yeah, virtual, the virtual. But I, I invested the money and somebody could actually answer the phone and and that was the, one of the smartest moves I did from day one. So I made that investment in somebody answering the phones every day, physical person. So, so let me I ask just you, did let, a few different things. I get that. Now, let me ask you this. With that business and your other businesses, did you have upfront capital um, to put into like a TV ad? Or did you wait for the business to turn its own profit and then you reinvested it back? First, for our launch, because a TV ad kind of takes a little bit of time to produce and all that. For sure. our launch, we did door knock. We did really nice door knockers and we just put them on every nice house. Okay. So I had, we did have a $2,000 launch. I, that business only cost me literally like two grand to start. Uh, we made money our very first week, um, but I was prepared. I had, you know, I could have had access to 10,000, like 10,000 was my ceiling that I was willing to lose, but you never, never, I never had to touch it. So mm-hmm. we had a good, you have to have a good launch. I mean, there's only three, making it really simple for your listeners. There's only three parts of business in every business. I don't care if it's Google. I don't care if it's a lemonade stand. There's only three pieces of every business. If you focus on these three things, you'll do well. If you don't, well, then you'll have a problem. If you have a massive miss in one of these three things, you'll know why you're not making 100K. This will tell you why you're not making 100K. So if you want to make 100K, just look at these three things because you're probably missing something. First thing is you have to effortlessly attract customers. I mean, you have to have a conveyor belt that's constantly bringing you customers. If finding customers is like finding a one-eyed leprechaun, or if you're spending so much to get a customer that there's no profit, well, then you have a problem. So you have to affordably conveyor belt, bring customers into your orbit. Mm -hmm. Second thing is you have to sell them. There has to be a conversion. Has to, always has to be a sale. That's why JCPenney is no longer around, Sears and all these companies. They stopped attracting customers. Thus they had their sales went down. Thus they go out of business. This always happens. Blockbuster video, every company. What I'm telling you is every single company that's ever existed, these three things. Third thing, you fail in fulfillment. You, you do not provide what the customer asked for. So you, you either break down, like remember where uh, LeVar, LeVar Ball started like the shoe brand with his three sons. He was going to make the baller brand. And they had like all these pre-orders for these $450 shoes and then none of them ever got delivered. So you can, you can do the first end. Perfect. Okay. They, they attracted people. They converted to sales. They had all these pre-orders, but they never delivered on the shoe. 
So you have to deliver. So do you have a, a customer service loop? Okay, they buy it. We get it to them this fast. There's a customer. We can provide the warranty that we promised. There's a customer service loop. How every business has some form of delivery and or service. And that's the fulfillment end of it. Well, if you fail, you, let's say you provide the product under a service, but there's no service after the sale. You don't provide the warranty. You don't get back with people quickly. You can see how that's going to crush it. Right. So if you're good and you focus on these three things, this is the business circle that every great business has. They attract customers effortlessly. They sell them. They convert them at a level that's, you know, and then they fulfill. And it's, this is the circle. And if the circle doesn't work well, then you have a problem. So Sean makes a lot of sense. Very basic, yet we do miss one of those three. Some miss two of those three. Some miss three of those three. I would guess and submit and correct me if you see differently. Number one is the one we miss the most. Oh yeah, we don't. Too many small businesses have no idea how they're going to attract customers or it's too simple. What they think is going to work, you know, do social media. I'm going to do that. Correct. Yes. Number I, I, in my eight unbreakable rules, I put, you are not a word of mouth business. It doesn't exist. Okay, everybody knows about Rolex. Why do they invest in all these golf tournaments and Australian Open, all these? Mm -hmm. Everybody knows about Rolex, probably. Everybody's heard about BMW, but you see a commercial every weekend. We know about Apple. We constantly Mm -hmm. are exposed. I mean, staying top of mind. Absolutely. You got to own space in your your target customer's head. So go deeper on number one, because I think that's going to be the biggest value for my listener. Um, How do you, if, if, my listener right now is not attracting customers effortlessly right now. It's yeah. a chore. They're, they're posting, they're doing the content overload, and they're just not getting those, those clients coming in. Their, their lead flow is not working. What is the biggest action they could take this week to shift that? I partner with somebody who knows marketing, and I would only give them a piece of the action if they produced. But if you're missing a key component, I mean, that's a massive component. Remember, that's one of the three mm-hmm. pillars. You either got to hire the person or partner with the person. Because what you're doing, insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. The reality is you probably don't know how to market. It's harder than you think, attracting your target customer. You need somebody who understands market. Typically, marketing fails for very obvious reasons. Either A, you're you're targeting the wrong person. They're not interested. It's too big of a leap to get them to want what you have. So you're you're just missing the mark. You're too broad. Number two is you're communicating a message that doesn't resonate with them. Mm-hmm. you have an offer that doesn't appeal to them. So there's just a complete disconnect in that. Where a marketing professional would show you, hey, listen, we need to be more targeted here. We need to track it. We need to constantly innovate our, you know, change our message. If it's not working, let's beta test this message versus this message. That's, I understand marketing. So I understand, I always understand, I always brought that to the table. That's why I brought, I partnered with industry professionals mm-hmm. and I gave them 50% of the cut. In other words, that's the other thing. I, you know, I, 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 this is my philosophy. 50% of a lot is better than 100% of a little. And the fastest way to get over 100K, I'm going to tell you right now, what do every one of these companies have? Let's follow this model. I say success leaves footprints. Mm-hmm. Let's just do a little follow the leader here. Apple, Microsoft, Berkshire Hathaway with Warren Buffett, Uber, Google, Tesla, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. What do every one of these companies have in common? Started as a partnership. Every one of them. There's not not one of those businesses with one person. Not one. Mark Zuckerberg kind of thought he did, but the hundred million dollars. You know, Sorry. if you watch the movie, he had to pay, the movie. yeah, watch the movie. He had to pay somebody to, to get out of that thing. Um, so, you know, you know, 
Steve Jobs had Wozniak. He was Wozniak was the computer genius. Steve was the sales genius. Uh, Bill Gates had Paul Allen. Warren Buffett, the great invest, greatest investor to breathe oxygen, has Charlie Munger, a 96-year-old partner that he's had since the mid-1970s. Because he said Charlie can he can digest and, 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 out, and analyze a deal faster than anybody breathing. There's not a person in the world who can digest a deal faster than Charlie. That's a nice skill if you're the investor to have somebody like that. So I, I think a lot of times we just can't. One of the things we need to do is bring on somebody when, like the handyman thing. I could have been stubborn and taken my money and it would have done OK. But mm -hmm. I brought on a partner and we went to a million dollars within three years. Mm. Now I have four partners. They each run two divisions. Mm. So, I, I, you know, that's the one, you know, partner with what you lack. I don't know what you lack, but just consider this concept because I want to bring something new to your audience. I don't want to, you know, whatever. Right. I'm saying look for the think. Let's work on this as a, as a formula in your head. One plus one equals done. So if done is a hundred and one thousand dollar business and you're not hitting it yet. Who is the number one thing you need the most that would allow you to get there? Every business is different. Maybe you need to do a, a, a higher level employee, somebody who can get, you know, better salesperson. Maybe, you know, and that's where I typically find they fail. Sales is really bad too. They don't attract, they don't convert enough. They have mm -hmm. Uncle Jim working with them on their sales or, <laughs> you know, have a sales professional, but whatever it is, who's the one, just brainstorm on this one domino. Who's the one person that if I put in my business would take us the, the furthest? That's who you need to bring on. That's who you need to pitch to. That's the person you need to bring on board to work with you and, and, and to help you. Two people, man, it's a scriptural principle. Two people are better than one, but the reward is greater. When one falls down, they have someone to help them up. Amen to that. Yeah. All right, Startup Nation, we're speaking with Sean Castrina. You can find him at seancastrina.com. He has challenged us today to look at our business from a different lens. I know for me and my own uh, business that I've started up, um, and I have a lot of experience in business. I've had a lot of failures, over 10. And I've had a few successes that knocked it out of the park, seven figures. But I find myself in a new type of business, facing new types of challenges. And the things that used to work in my other businesses don't work in this business. So... Sean, I could tell you firsthand, I'm taking notes for myself here because one of those three, I definitely see a major hole right now. There's a, there's a major area of, of lacking. Um, and that is what I was asking you, attracting customers, lead flow. Yeah. I can convert and I can convert high ticket coaching packages. Yeah. Uh, there's no issue there. And I'm really good at delivering the coaching yeah. and the results and miracles. It's fantastic. But the lead flow hasn't been there. And I'm like, man, I just need a guy or a gal who's a brilliant marketer. I still haven't found them though. And I don't know who's the right choice. And I'm no, guessing I my listener falls into that same thing. Okay, Sean, I get what you're saying, but how do I know who's right? I don't want to partner with someone and, and waste all this time and energy, sign paperwork and all this stuff. It's and it's the simple. wrong choice. It's really simple. Number one is they only get paid to produce. So you give them a percentage of revenue. Number two is, is that if they don't produce, it's, you know, we, we agree that if revenue isn't generated, to this level, by this point, everything that we've discussed is null and void and both parties can move their separate ways. Very simple and clean. Very simple and clean. It's, it's funny that you say that in your situation, because you know, maybe I'll be a case study in that because I've been doing this for a long time and I've had people, I've worked with some of the most allegedly, the most talented people in this influencer space. And I've had colossal failures of people not able to deliver on things they said. 
And I was interviewing somebody yesterday, just like this. And this person is huge in the space. And, and, you know, he's constantly talking about what he could do, what he could do, what he could do. So we get off the air and I go, okay, you're good at what you can do. I'll give you half. I'll give you half. It was the same thing you're talking about coaching. Because when we were talking, he gets, we got done. He goes, you need to be coaching, Sean. I mean, I speak at colleges and all that. And I, he said, he said, I, like, if I were you, Sean, I would not be doing courses because you, you're a coach because you're, you have the inner, I mean, you are, a, you are a pro, that is you, period. He goes, you, you should be obscenely high-end business coaching. He goes, that's your thing. I said, great, set it up. I'll 50-50 partner with you. Let's do it just like the total gym and all these other, that's how they do those infomercials or partnerships. Oh, yeah. They bankroll it. Basically their talent, it's just, they look right. for the talent and they go, this is the product. They bankroll it with the idea that if it does well, I go, if you believe in that so much, let's do a 50-50 split. And I'm going to see if he's, you know, because I, I've had so many people talk a good game. I'm like, I will not, I will not put another dollar of my money into anything again. That's not a partnership where they get skin in the game. I will not mm. pay another consultant as long as I live. That's well said. Cause I'm getting pitched by a lot of marketing people right now. Oh, and, I've had and they them want, all. They want large, large investments. And I'm like, oh. honestly, I've been burnt by too many people oh, like you that didn't deliver the goods. Fulfillment was not there. If they're good, they'll take the 50-50. They'll jump on it like, like a fish on a hook. What I'm telling you, think about something. Every time I'm coaching, you're getting 50% of what I'm getting. Yeah, I'm doing all the work. Right, right. I'm the talent, yeah. but you got to, but, but this is what I tell them. You got to do the three things. I'm fulfilling, but they got to provide, you know, the back-end service. Sure. But you got to attract the customers. You're paying for the ads. When you start paying for the ads, you'll start doing good ads, right? You're going to convert the sales. You got to create the sales loop. I'll be the, I'm the talent. And I've decided because I've been burnt last year alone. I, I got, I think I got shamboozled for about a hundred K and look, I'll never do it again. I've Same. stopped. I've stopped. Same. I've said that. I said, no more. I will not, I will not write a check to anybody again where it's not a profit split. I'll cover potentially hard costs, mm -hmm. but I will not pay you to do anything. Cause if you're good, you'll take that 50, 50 split, like, like oxygen. Yeah. You tell me I, I can get a 50-50 split on something. I'll jump all over that. If it's in an area that I know I'm gifted, I have a track record of succeeding. And but it's I'll a high on... profit margin. Exactly. Mm -hmm. This is the ultimate. It's 100% profit margin. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was, right. a that was a bonus portion. That was just bonus advice. Your, your audience just got to listen to what, two entrepreneurs sharing it. <laughs> but look what you're talking about. You're, we're we just created a business, right? We just created a business for somebody out there. Mm -hmm. There's a massive problem in influencer space of failure to deliver on monetization. Mm. There's it's all huge. the components. Now it's people huge. can grow your Instagram. People can do this. People can do that. But how many can turn these different things, these platform vehicles into money? Example, if I went to Grant Cardone and I said, Grant, listen, we can blow your Instagram up 25 million over the next six months. Or we can, we can introduce something that'll make you 2 million. Grant's taking the 2 million every day, all day, every day, all day. Could care less how many followers he has because if you can't monetize it, you have an expensive hobby. That's right. That's right. Well said. I agree with you, brother. And uh, Startup Nation, you got the bonus uh, round right there uh, with Sean. Um, Sean, thank you for going there and letting me kind of be the, the sample yeah. or whatever, or the beta. Um, just kind of sharing, hey, here's my dilemma. Yeah. And I don't know, like, what's my next move, darn it. And, and just to hear that you're still challenged with that and how you get past it with a very simple partnership agreement. Um, that's very confirming to me. So I just yeah, thank you no, for that I'm contribution.
And, um, sure. and your audience, if they want a free book, I always like to give something when I'm on a show is that for free, if you go to SeanCastrini.com, you'll get my eight unbreakable rules for business startup success. So it's right there. There's no hitches. No, we're not going to try to sell you anything. You'll get a free download. I have a big email list, but I, I don't, I don't go after. I, that's what everybody tells Sean, you're supposed to monetize it. Like I want to give something away. No strings attached. So we do that. And, um, sure. Let me ask you a question on yeah. that. Cause I saw that on your website, your book, you're giving it away for free, the digital version. Yeah. Doesn't that, um, create a conflict with book sales? Yeah. If you're giving, giving away, away the, yeah, the digital. This is the other thing is that if I'm the business person I allege to be, can I afford to give away something? I would hope so. Yeah. That's how I view it. So I, I feel it's like it's an if abundance. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. If I give you one book and I plan on writing one a year, I think you'll buy the next eight or nine. So yeah, I, I don't worry about it. I, you know, I have an affirmation that I do every morning and, and or a prayer, if I could be frank with you. I mm-hmm. have two prayers. I always say one is, you know, God, I pray that people will advance me today that I may never meet, will promote me, will talk good about me, will say, you know, will, will advance me today. Second one is I want to give away a million books. Everybody wants to sell a million books. I want to give away a million books. If I give away a million books, I'll sell 10 million books. There you go. You're going one level deeper. It's brilliant. Yeah. All right, Sean, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. What's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur out on your own, leaving that dream job? Oh, schedule. I can do what I want when I want. Amen to that. What's your least favorite thing? Uh, Customers. (laughs) What are you most afraid of? Failing. Yeah, got that. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life, just part of being human. What are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally or personally? Being married over 50 when both your kids are getting ready to leave the house. Like reintroducing yourself to your wife and, and getting that. That's that's a real one. That's a real yeah, one. Yeah, it's really well. And I married well. I married way, married really, really well, but we both kind of find ourselves going, okay, What's next? <laughs> yeah, I get that. What did you spend uh, way too much time doing this past year? Too much time doing. Spending time trying to launch things with people that do not have the ability to do that, like we just talked about. Like we just talked about. What yeah. secret fear do you have about people? I, I, I don't have the fear anymore because I know people will disappoint you. Yeah. We're all they human. Yeah, yeah, they just will. You, you know, it's just, you know, I, I'm kind of Teflon now. Yeah, but yeah. I'm shocked how constantly my loyalty is not returned at the same level of loyalty. Yep. Sometimes that means you got to level up your group, but yeah. uh, what do I know? Uh, what do you wish you had learned sooner in business? Oh, I, I wish I wasn't so arrogant when I first, I wish I was a better listener, which is displayed in arrogance because typically you talk too much because you think you know everything. Knowing That's what good. I know now, I would have been a much better listener. Mm, so good. What's a new habit you want to create in your life? tough because I'm really focused on a few things. I, I don't know if it's a, I want to travel more once this thing gets done. It's kind of hard to say that because I've never really liked traveling, um, but I want to strategically go places about every eight weeks. That, that yeah, I that would be a good habit for sure. Yeah, yeah. What's a bad habit you want to break? Oh, man, I'm so impatient, <laughs> but I don't know if it's a double-edged sword because I think it's why I get so much done. And Well, it <laughs> so, helps in business, but it can yeah. be very harmful in our personal lives, can it? Yeah, relationships. it is. It, yeah. it is. So I, I'm working on being paid. One thing I'm doing is a little marriage advice for anybody listening. When my wife says something, I don't answer right away. I actually let it breathe. And then I, then I respond. 
That's a great. So I'm, I'm always so quick because I'm like a machine gun, you know, because yeah, I do yeah. that in business. So I'm answering her question before she even finishes it. And I yes. need to let it breathe and hear the emotion and what they're saying. And, mm. and yeah. Good job. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Better version of myself. That's probably four of them. I'm better yeah. than I was. You know, I'm constantly better than I was. Yeah, yeah, better than I was. Pick three words to describe who you were uh, your first year in this business. Just arrogant. Mm. Just really, I think I, you know, I thought I could do anything and, you know. It's, yeah, I get that. Yeah. And last question if you could come back to life after you died, look your family, your friends, your wife, your kids in the eye, give them only one piece of advice about everything, what would you say to them? Be happy. Be happy. I think if you really think about it, I thought about this, give you 30 seconds on this. Money doesn't make you happy and fame doesn't make you happy. And that's what most people think. If you look at Heath Ledger, Elvis Presley, Prince, Michael Jackson, Whitney Hughes, I mean, I can go down the line. Clearly those two are not common denominators of being happy. So you got to kind of find out, and I'm not saying happiness is everything, but you still got value structures and things like that. But I'd say if you're not living by your values, you're probably not happy anyway. But so you got to kind of find out what, what makes you happy. And, it's, and everybody's different. Yeah. But I think, you know, that, that needs to be one of your North stars. Of- Start, Startup Nation, what lights your candle? What lights your candle? Not somebody else's. Any final wisdom, Sean? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100K this year? Do something different than you did last year because whatever you did isn't working. <laughs> right? You know, and I was going to say, I always say my podcast, 10 minutes, if you actually want how to grow a business, the way I talk on this podcast is the way I'm on mine. I'm granular. I'll tell you yeah. what, what, what isn't working. Yeah, that's and exactly. How you, and how you need to fix it. There's something and, not working. And what's the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you? Go check out your podcast. What do you got for them? Yeah, I think the podcast, 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast is the best way to really learn. I like teaching. Um, I like that. That's kind of what I enjoy the most. And um, you get a free book. Awesome. Startup Nation, go to seancastrina.com. Sean, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you. Startup Nation, I help men blow up rocks. You know, the rock that's standing between you and your wife and blocking intimacy. The rock standing between you and your kids, blocking you from communicating and connecting with them. The rocks in your head from childhood and trauma that make you feel like an imposter in your own business. The secret rock that weighs you down every single day. It's not about going in and doing consciousness woo-woo work. No, it's about saying, hey, there's rocks standing between you and true success. Do you want to go blow them up together? If you want to blow up the rocks in your life to smithereens so that you can scale your income and your impact, visit blowuprocks.com to learn more. That's blowuprocks.com. Have a blessed week and I'll see you on the next episode.